Lord Minutes, Minute by Minute podcast for nearly 997 sequel to Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're back after some very annoying technical troubles to uh, bring you Minute 85 to Lost World. Dave, we uh, had some bad issues with the audio. Uh, the last record for this, uh, yeah, with the Toy Fair stuff and uh, the two minutes, just over an hour and a half long, and uh, an hour and... 25 minutes of those was me talking to myself. <laughs> there was no David <laughs> at all on the other side of the audio, so it was a complete loss. But uh, we're back and we're going to talk Toy Fair all over again. Alright. As good a place as any for base camp. That's first priority after we're finished. I want it up and running in 30 minutes. That's half an hour. Understood? Over. Dave, what's... Uh, I think I know which one it is. What's what's one of your favorite reveals from Toy Fair this year? The super colossal T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Giant blue T-Rex that eats figures. It like like it literally you can shove them down his throat like the bull T-Rex. And then there's a little thing that little like flap that pops down that you can retrieve the figures from. It's yeah, and that's one thing we never knew because we only seen the photos of it from Toy Fair um, when we recorded. But a couple of days later, actually revealed, uh, like Outpost revealed, uh, put up a, a video showing one of the marketing executives actually playing with the Tyrannosaur and, uh, yeah, popped the human down its mouth and opened a little f- tab between its legs and the uh, human come back out. And I, I think they said it can take three humans, three of the mid-sized humans. So Rexy's got a big belly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And She's just, hunger for a human. <laughs> and just, just some of the detail on it as well. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, a friend of mine actually said that he believes that the that Mattel used the ILM assets for Rexy, wow. and um, that we actually got that they actually just kind of resculpted it a bit to be a bit more toy like. Yep. But that the that the it is the Jurassic Park T Rex, like as close as you're gonna get. Yeah, someone posted up in one of the uh, Jurassic groups after Toy Fair of um, some one of the behind the scenes shots of the animatronic Tyrannosaur and the breakout scene um, where it's sort of set up there above the Explorer. I think it was where it was set to uh, come down and push the sunroof down, and between takes after they wiped it off and just. Looking side by side, the the side of the Rex head here and the side of the animatronic, just even the scales or the bumps on its nose and its around its eye is all 100% identical to that animatronic. Yeah, we posted some pictures up on um, our Instagram yep. and our Facebook as well. We were kind of expecting this minute to go live then <laughs> and um, last weekend. And so, of course, I mean, I mean the nose is a little gnarly, but I kind of dig it, so I don't even care, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit, I wanted a T-Rex like this since I was a little kid. I remember, I don't know if it's even a memory or if it's just something I kind of made up when I was a kid. I had this idea of a giant, like, three-foot T-Rex, three- or four-foot T-Rex toy being held in this kid's arms. And it was the color of the, the Lost World male yep. T-Rex. Yep. You remember that? No, I don't recall one being released. Uh, I'm gonna say because if someone else remembers that, then I'm not nuts. Yeah, <laughs> the fresher was the only other large one released in those colours anyway, because you had the red bull T-Rex. Unless you're seeing someone's early fan sort of 
mock-up. I don't know what it was. I want to say it was in a toy catalog when I was a kid. Okay. But like I say, like I said, I don't even know if it actually is a memory or if it. I just dreamed of it, <laughs> and that's what, and I'm just thinking back to that. But yeah, I've wanted this. I wanted that ever uh, giant dress park T-Rex toy just like this ever since I was a kid because of that, and so. I'm definitely. I'm gonna buy two. One just to have repainted in the male T-Rex colors. Mm. Oh, this thing painted up the same as your Fresher would look fantastic. Just to have the male and female. Mm-hmm. And even just, but even without customizing, just the paint alone on it looks fantastic. You got that gorgeous yeah. yellow eye. Looking forward. You got some yeah, shading around it. Mm. We only talked a couple of weeks ago about me buying that Pachycephalosaurus Marquette from um, Chronicle. Just because it's great to have one of them figures in your display, and here's something that's very close to a, a small Trenosaur market as well, um, with mm-hmm. all that detail for sixty bucks. That's the best yeah. thing about this. It's sixty bucks retail, US. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, fifty-five here. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. I'm sixty fifty-five. <laughs> Same difference. Not gonna split hairs, but yeah. Yeah. It does kind of make a difference when you're on a budget, though. It's under five hundred dollars at the, the Chronicle, yeah. one, and you yeah. can play with it. Oh, well, that's the point, and yep. that's great. I mean, I, I'm gonna—I think I'm gonna be in love with this. It's gonna be the centerpiece yeah. to my toys. Yep, got big heavy ratchets in the hips, so you can sort of get that head down low. The mouth opens up a lot, mm-hmm. and it's sort of there's one picture there where it's just roaring, and you could really get it down in that breakout pose, head low to the ground. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> it's a little arms opposable as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's fantastic. Even like the teeth, defined teeth. A lot, all the all the animals here have got real nice teeth. Yeah, the, it's not like th- uh, Thrasher T Rex level distinction, but yeah. it's got it's got the whole right shape. You know, it's got that kind of like curve along the jaw that Jurassic Park T Rex has. Yep, no, it looks fantastic. And like one of the other the other very large size figures as well is the um we've got a big mosasaur coming yeah. which is bigger than a chihuahua looking at it in that guy's hands like <laughs> it's a jack russell or something it's a big, yeah, big... it's huge yeah, which is fine because i mean it's supposed to go into scale with the other smaller uh, baseline figures yeah yep yeah we have seen as well post toy fair someone had all the uh toys lined up in scale just to show and it looks like a scale chart you'd see with a population of Jurassic Park or sauna. Um, yeah. But just even the detail on the Mosasaur, just the blue how it sort of goes to a lighter colour on its belly. You've got those sort of crocodile scales on the rear, which was on a lot of the packaging for the mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic World figures. Um, yeah, and then of course the uh, it kind of has like a molting colour along the back too. Mm, yep. It's only like the only poseable stuff on it is the. Uh, the jaw, the lower jaw moves, the rest of it's pretty much a rigid figure, but um, yeah. again, it just looks fantastic. Yeah, Mattel uh, just took uh, what Hasbro did and said, oh yeah? Watch this, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah, because that's the same gun as some of the other smaller figures too, like, the, we've got a Carnotaurus here, and it's just fantastic, the colour on it. It's the best, uh, I think it's better than Kenner's, honestly, I'm going to say it. Yeah. It, it's better, it's, it has better proportions, it has better articulation, I I think it looks really good. Yeah, it's got a um some of these animals. I don't know what you what gimmick you'd call it, whether it's quick strike or something. They got a little depressible button on the back of the hips, the top of the hips, where you uh, push a button and the head sort of lunges forward and the jaws snap open. So 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the, um, remember the Snapjaw feature on the Jurassic Park Kenner Raptors? On the basic figure? Yeah, yep. It kind of, you, you squeeze the legs and, um, the jaw snap forward? Hmm. It's kind of what it reminds me of here. Uh, this, and then, of course, the Segasaurus, uh, you press a plate in its back, and its tail swings side to side. Yeah, yep. So that's fun. And that's one thing I've noticed on a lot of these figures, is the playability. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a lump of plastic sitting there. You can actually do things with them. That that Tyrannosaur, when we've seen early leaks of that, the the smaller one, I can't remember what they call the Thrash and Strike or something. Thrash and Throw, I think. Yeah, when we've seen like prototypes that you had the large joins at the neck and torso, it just looked really mm-hmm. really dumb. But just seeing what that does when you sort of wiggle its tail around, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun. That- Fun figure. Yeah, it's, oh, it's going to be very fun. Plus, I think they actually tightened some of the uh, seams on the toy, so it looks like the seams are better hidden. They're not really far away from the figure anymore. Yeah, yep. And but again, too, like that lovely paint job, the nice big yellow eye with the sort of darker paint around it and the darker paint on the snout. Mm-hmm. Did such a fine job. I mean, if you look at the comparison pictures between like the ILM T Rex, the animatronic and the toy i mean it's i mean it's it's not even in the same ballpark as hasbro anymore <laughs> they're playing on a whole new level yeah yeah got a reveal of the uh indominus and the indoraptor as well it's got sort of that same move the tail around and it sort of reacts head moves and arms move and that so mm-hmm. of course um it was actually pointed out to me there's two different versions of the of the Irex, or Iraptor, I mean. <laughs> you done it too. <laughs> I don't know. These, these, damn, these damn hybrids. Yep. But yeah, there's one that has more articulation uh, and, uh, has, and moves around a lot more. And then there's another one that has less articulation, but it's electronic. And that's one, that one I'm told is coming out later in the year. Oh, okay. It's not going to be for the main line. It's going to be for, like, a second wave. Yep. I just love, like, on the box art, that thing's got the like, real dark, like, um, a python skin. Yeah, it does. Again, we're returning to that idea of, like, an iridescent skin almost. It almost has, like, an oily sheen on it, like a blackbird. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you got, like, these this kind of yellow and orangish gold-colored stripe going right down the uh, the center of the body, which is really cool. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it looks really beautiful. It's almost like a rainbow python mixed with, uh, I don't know what, you know? I don't know what other kind of animal has this kind of color scheme. <laughs> whatever whatever Wu's got in that lab. <laughs> yeah, really. And, of course, too, um, there's a Allosaurus, um, some of the other dinosaurs as well here, uh, little, little pterodons, uh, Dilophosaurus. And um, we've got our first human figures for the line mm. as well. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, they actually look really good, too. I mean, their likeness is pretty close. Yeah, even though... Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, three of them are Owen, different variants of Owen, but um, <laughs> we've got a Bryce there or a Claire there. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Plus a couple of other guys as well. I don't think they've been named... No, they look like random mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. Probably got eaten in the movie anyway. Yeah, red shirts. And we get the um, we get the young girl that we see, we've seen 
Apparently her name is Maisie. Yeah. She comes with a TV T-Rex and a giant T-Rex skull. That's pretty cool. I kind of want, want the figure just for the skull. <laughs> That's one of the great things about this line is just like the original Kenner stuff, you've got the human figure, you've got um, like a small dinosaur, and you've got some sort of accessory with it as well. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's uh, Remember, Kenner did those baby dinosaur uh, pa- uh, two packs with the human figures. Yeah. So it's really nice to get that again. I had a couple. I have. I had the uh, uh, most of my human figures I bought off eBay, but some of the ones that I did originally buy when the Lost World came out include like Eddie Carr, and so he came with a little baby Triceratops. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Originally, it was Ellie and the Triceratops. Uh, Grant, mm-hmm. Grant and the Pterosaur, I think, or Pterodon. <laughs> Tim had the baby Brachiosaurus. I used to love that thing. It was so cute. <laughs> uh, it? So glad when I got that back again off eBay. I still have the baby Triceratops. I have no idea what happened to Tim. <laughs> I mean, the baby Brachiosaurus. I have no idea what happened to Tim. Speaking of Triceratops, the Triceratops here looks fantastic too. Oh yeah, it does. It. I mean, I. I've heard fans calling it like the best one we've ever had. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the the lost the unreleased the Lost World Triceratops is still like the top my top contender for Triceratops in the in the uh, toys see, of the movies. Yep. But it does look very good, and I do like the coloration on it. How it has that kind of reddish brown, mm. like almost like they're kind of imitating the sick trike from the first movie. Yeah. They also had their electronic Jeep there, the ride, kids ride in one, and uh, revealed a mm-hmm. uh, a quad bike with uh, the main body of blue <laughs> on it. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but it's kind of fun at the same time. What kids do you want to ride that in Yeah, I could just imagine kids chasing their brothers and sisters around <laughs> on it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, speaking of the Jeeps, they also re- revealed an electronic one. And you know that's getting chased by one of the T-Rexes in my collection. Yeah. That's, just, that's, hap- that, that's just a thing that's happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a couple of vehicles here that have shown off uh, that big armored personnel carrier that seems to have some sort of gyrosphere launching gimmick. Mm-hmm. Plus there's two versions of the classic Jurassic Jeep. Jeep 29 is a clean Jeep. And you've got Jeep 18 from Jurassic World, which is the... I'll say rusted up, but it's not that rusted up here, but uh, like the yeah. abandoned Jeep. With a, a yeah. net launcher on the roof of it. <laughs> yeah, it does, which is kind of fun. Remember the uh, dust double? Yeah, yep. Or what, the uh, double tracker from the uh, first Jurassic Park movie, mm. or uh, movie toy line? It kind of had something like that, didn't it? Uh, no, it had the was... noose, had a noose pole on the side of it. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. The helicopter had the net, but the um, I'm always a, <laughs> I have a soft spot for... Uh, Jungle Explorers with missile launchers on the back of them. <laughs> especially when you turn off with a T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. One of the good things about these Jeeps too, especially uh, Jeep 29, just the functionability, like the doors open, the bonnet opens, you've got the motor in there, motor detail, mm-hmm. which is just great. I, Yeah. I, I, I didn't get any of the Jada Toys stuff. I really want to, but... Um, some of this stuff looks fantastic as well, especially since the uh, the Matchbox reveals were there as well. Yeah, they were. And our prayers, our pleading has been answered. We got a we got a RV. Fifty percent of it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, but as okay, I was, so half our prayers have been answered. Yeah, as I was <laughs> saying to someone during the week, 
just do what the movie done, buy buy a second one and cut it in front of the rear wheels to make the trailer because that's all yeah. they done for the movie. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could, and then just like glue it with a. I don't, I don't know what would you do with the accordion, and what would you use? I'll I'll just use a bit of black fabric. I'll just uh, find a like a black handkerchief or something. Yeah, that might work. Because you wouldn't be able to get something to have the like the ribs in it. You just have to have like a black fabric or. Maybe you could. Maybe, maybe you, you know that tiny ribbed electronic tubing. Oh yeah, yep. The yeah the cable yeah, cable protector stuff. It'd be yeah. round, but you could um sort of heat it up a little bit and sit something on it to squash it, so it was more square. Oh. Yeah. And if most of that's, well, you can really stick that inside the um the hole that's revealed from cutting your your RV in half. Um, mm-hmm. They'd nearly sort of hide that spot anyway, but. But it doesn't matter. We're getting an RV. We're getting an M-Class as well, which, interesting enough, is the one that didn't go to sauna. It's got the spare tyre on the roof of it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, just having them, being able to take to one with a hammer and uh, smash the roof, take the glass out of it, and again, it's going to go in my juvenile T-Rex mouth. <laughs> or even um, <laughs> even in a display with one of the uh, the Lost World Trenosaurs when I finally get one, but... That's fantastic. We got um, there's two versions of the Jurassic Jeeps, Jeep 18, and I can't see the bonnet on that one. One of uh, Nedry's Jeep as well, which is like 19, 12 or 12, sorry. Yeah. Um, which again, both look fantastic. Just I'm never going to see these on shelves. They're just going to people going to buy five or six in each just so they have a fleet. Um, I think the biggest contentious part for me is the Explorer. Just because it hasn't got the red on top, it's sort of all, all green. You've got the red stripes um, and a little bit of red right at the top on the rear where the lights are behind the sunroof. But but again, for a Matchbox car, it's got the green and the yellow transition and it's even got the Jurassic Park like, stickers on the side of it, which yeah. is great for something that small. And there's also some stuff from uh, Jurassic World that we never got in the Matchbox lines, the G36 or the G6, G6. The G wagon, anyway. Um, some of the armored personnel carriers—they've got a different, a few different colors here. And one thing I absolutely love here is the uh, Jurassic Park free water truck. Mm-hmm. Now it's not painted in its green, but it's the same model, same looking water truck as what we see Eric in when he uh, saves Grant. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be painting that green and making a little diorama up of it, half submerged in water or mud. <laughs> yeah, really. And there's some uh, other summit playable stuff too. You got a little submarine here. Um, there's a larger submarine as well that uh, sort of goes under. Uh, they said it, it can float and it can go underwater, but it's not designed to. I'm sure there's going to be a, a little warning on the side. Submarine does not actually operate as a submarine. Yeah. Because they have to do that now. But um, again, all the submarine packaging's got the Mosasaur on it, which might be hinting at something happening in the uh, film. And I had to laugh too here. There's a little, a little electric drone with a, a flapping pterodon on top, on top of it, which <laughs> is funny watching him fly that around the event space and have it flapping around and <laughs> crashing into things. But, but a lot of stuff here. We won't hit on yeah. hit on it much more of it. But um, yeah, when this stuff finally comes out, there's mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be getting a lot of money. Oh, they're going to have all of mine. <laughs> oh, we also, I forgot to mention, we also, um, before we stop talking about the toys, two things uh, I do like is that no screw holes, 
Mm. And a lot of them are in a neutral pose. Yep. That's something that Hasbro was very bad at. The screw holes all over the place. And, like, really weird action poses. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's a, um, i just seen a, uh, there's a gr- olive green in-gen, like one of the custom Jeeps here as well, with the big in-gen logo on top of it, and a little Triceratops in a cage. Yeah, there is. That's getting troop-builded as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, these things, these things look great. Oh, they all look great, I think. I got a laugh, and I got a point at, um, there's been some fans that have been complaining some of the dinosaurs have got probably out of proportion to feet. I'm sure they're the same fans that were complaining about Hasbro's figures not standing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not as noticeable on some. That that big colossal T-Rex, that's mm-hmm. not that noticeable, but they are a little bit bigger. Uh, some of the raptors as well sort of got bigger blue and that have got slightly bigger feet or a little bit bigger feet. But at least they got their toe claws and it was... Yeah. If they need a little bit bigger feet to stand, then I've got no problem with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it helps them stand, then I'm okay with it. Plus, I mean, you got to remember that Bolt T-Rex is a fan favorite, and that has humongous feet. Yeah. Just to stand. And the Thrasher doesn't. The Thrasher has in-proportion feet, and it doesn't stand unless you put, like, counterweights in, in the tail. Yep. Which I had to do. <laughs> yeah, the juvenile T-Rex, I seem to remember that as well. Um you like you couldn't put a person or anything in its jaws because it just wouldn't stand. It always toppled forward. Yeah, yeah. And again, they sort of had no articulation, so you couldn't move legs further forward or anything like mm-hmm. this. But um, some like the Allosaur there, where you can put one foot ahead of the other, um, you'd probably be able to put something in, in its jaws and it'd be able to stand there. The, the big T Rex the same. It doesn't just stand there with its feet side by side. Yeah, it's actually got one foot forward to sort of. Help, help hold up the weight of the head, I'd imagine, too. But as in one photo here where you got a person hanging out of its jaws screaming. Yeah. And it looks to me kind of like this is something that Mattel thought about. I mean, they looked at it and they are like, okay, kids are going to be stuffing figures in this dinosaur's mouth. How can we make sure that it doesn't fall over? You yeah. Know? Because going back to the the Hasbro stuff from Jurassic World, just that that Indominus Rex and the, the big T-Rex, I still, I still don't mind that Indominus. But it doesn't stand at all. You can you got to sort of no. really get the head up in the air into an unrealistic pose and probably break its Yeah, hips. you kind of almost got to have it facing upward. Yeah, you know? just to get it stand, and that's not even before you put something in its mouth. So Yeah. And also quickly from there as well, um, Funko sort of had their stuff on display. And quicker than I'd imagine, they're, uh, they're hitting shelves in America. Uh, I haven't seen them anywhere else. Yeah, they are. Um, has Astrid seen him in Mexico yet? I believe she has. Uh, Astrid Vega of the Jurassic Park collection. Mm. I don't know if she's seen them yet, but um, I know she's definitely looking, and she's having us look for it too. Yep. So I've been on two Target runs, and at both times <laughs> Target had nothing, not a not a single yeah. Jurassic Park Funko. And Target has um, like half of the figures I want. They have I want the sexy Ian Malcolm. That's like the, that and the Alan Grant. That's like the two that I want. <laughs> no? Yeah, Nike, sadly, too, does um, some words during the week. Apparently, Target employees taking figures. Ooh. And, uh, like, bu- buying them, but um, buying them, putting them straight on eBay. Oh. At a much higher price. Yeah. 
Darren Sculpers. Yeah, hope uh, I'm sure that's not happening at every store, but um, it's a shame. But uh, they had that stuff on display. Um, it's people in the US are hitting it now. A lot of the toy Jurassic toy groups people have been posting up their figures they've got. Also, the uh, we've seen the rest of the Lego sets, which aren't as uh, they're not as well even further away from movie scenes as what we got with Jurassic World, but. Uh, I've got the mansion. That's the large, the large set, uh, a mansion facade with uh, the Indoraptor and a few minifigures. The uh, the helicopter, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, and uh, the Unimog, which we got uh, very similar to the uh, one with the Raptor breakout, I think it was. And uh, my personal favourite, a little gyrosphere station with a um, uh, Carnotaurus. Mm-hmm. Which just like an abandoned gyrosphere station with jungle vines and that growing all over it. Yeah, um, but it still looks fun, and I do like the Carnotaurus uh, figure. It looks actually really well done. Yeah, there's some points because I'm, I think it's just the Tyrannosaur body with the um, altered head, but again, it's fine. It's a Lego Carnotaur. Yeah. <laughs> Even some of the junior stuff that's coming as well. You got the T Rex with the set of um, ruined gates and that just. And even the play school stuff, like the... It's not safety blocks. What's that little block? Duplo? Duplo, was it? I think so, yeah. Little control tower with a Chris and Owen... A Chris and Owen, a Chris and Bryce as well, so... I'll be getting all that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else from Toy Fair, Dave? I'm trying to think of anything else that might have come out. No, I think we're pretty... We pretty much covered a lot of it. Yeah. I think being down at where a week, a week and a bit removed from Toy Fair, everyone's seen the stuff. So yeah. if you want to have a look at some more stuff, jump on the Outpost, jump onto some of the uh, Jurassic Toy groups on Facebook or uh, your preferred media of choice and uh, have a look at it all because it looks great and start putting those pennies aside. Show Mattel how much you'd love these figures by uh, getting out there and buying them. Mm-hmm. But I'm in shock about all this. My God, they are well organized. Those are some major league toys. Alright, ready to get into Minute 85. Yep. As we in Minute 84 of the Lost World, the Velociraptors had killed most of the hunters, including RJ. As we open on Minute 85, Ian, Nick, Sarah and Kelly run out of the same palm forest in the long grass, following the path of their hunters before them. At 84 minutes and 8 seconds, Nick sees something in the grass and says, Hey, 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 and stops the others and walks over to see what it is. At 84 minutes and 15 seconds, Ian asks, what is it? Nick rolls it around his hands and says, I think it's RJ's bag. At that exact minute, we hear a hunter scream and a raptor snarl. The group slowly walks through the grass, continuing to hear people screaming, being pursued by raptors. At 84 minutes and 30 seconds, Ian freezes as the raptor snarl is very close. And without turning, he says, run, as fast as you can. Go. At 84 minutes and 50 seconds, they reach the end of the grass and, and enter a fern forest once again. But they only travel a couple of metres before the ground gives way beneath them and they start to slide down a natural sloping hill. At 84 minutes and 58 seconds, they all land in a heap at the bottom of the ravine. And as the minute ends, Nick sees something and gets to his feet in a hurry. And this ends minute 85 of the Lost World. <laughs> Starting off from from last week, we had uh, the hunters meet their end 
as far as we know, they all died in the uh, in the gra- tall grass. Now we got this like high up shot once again of uh, Ian and crew running out. But uh, just before we do get to uh, what they do here, some of the stuff leading up to here from both scripts, we were going to go back and do a bit of a run through both scripts uh, at the end of the um, movie once we'd finished the regular episodes, but we didn't want to be sitting here talking for two hours about scenes from the script, so I thought I'll start, especially from this point, or from where the uh, two Tyrannosaurs arrive on the scene, that's pretty much where uh, all three scripts, or the movie, the shooting script, and the pre-San Diego script all sort of take different directions, so <laughs> just sort of going back to that hunter's camp, it was interesting that um, Roland was in his tent cleaning his gun, or sleeping actually, and um, leaves it there when he hears RJ outside the tent and goes out and they actually that's when they see the Tyrannosaurs. There's mm-hmm. no Sarah in the tent. And then when the sort of Tyrannosaurs arrive on the scene, Roland goes back to his tent to get his gun. Like the male arrives on the scene then and stands on the tent pushing the gun into the mud. That was That's from the shooting script. That's sort of why he goes and gets the tranquilizer gun then. There's no mm-hmm. Nick, Nick um, tampering with the weapon. Yeah. I mean, which is interesting because, I mean, again, nine tons smashing down yeah. into that metal, you know? Yeah, you, you could easily get broken. Yeah, it doesn't actually break it because um, in a later scene he's, he cleans it back up again before they make their way to the um to the village. Mm-hmm. But it's just sort of one of those things too. Um, in the shooting script, he uh he goes to fire and the Rexanines beside him and the gun goes click and pulls out uh, or opens the rifle up and there's no shells in there and Ian actually yells at him you didn't even load it um in a mocking way but those two sort of run and jump up on a bit of a ridge that follows the ravine and they can see everything's going on yeah with uh the hunters running through there ian sees the sort of sees them running uh, ian, uh, ian sees nick and sarah and kelly running the waterfall and roland sort of tells them it's okay they'll be safe in there after the transor grabs burke and walks off and um from that vantage point too roland can see the field and uh, I can see he sees RJ die. The scripted death is a very, of RJ is very depressing. He kind of just stands there and accepts his, accepts his fate, you know? Yeah, sort of just defeated. He um, realizes that he's out in the middle of the carnage as well and couldn't sort of, can't do anything. We see, uh, or it's described in the script, that there's uh, several shapes, torpedo shapes in the grass heading in his direction, and he knows that, uh, knows that it's the end. He can't run, he can't do anything. But the the dark blue tongue, like we talked about in a minute too, is what the Tyrannosaur has and grabs Burke. With Burke in the waterfall too, uh, it's described as nine or six to nine inch centipedes that crawl out of a rocky disturbs trying to push back further into the little uh, cave there. So you, I don't know, like at least as we talked in a minute, being able to use that snake they used being a non-venomous snake gets the point across. I don't know, you'd have to CG bugs, I suppose, the centipedes to mm-hmm. go down your shirt. You wouldn't be able to put live, although centipedes that large are very big yeah um, and usually venomous too yeah like, yeah their bites very painful it actually brings up something from the novel that they had in the first novel was mega nero which is like this dragonfly six foot dragonfly yeah and it's kind of weird because it just enters the scene lands on tim and Alan Grant identifies it, and then it flies off, and it's, like, never mentioned or brought up or ever even thought of again. I mean, it's just, like, this kind of 
like really really immersive thing that uh engine wasn't just cloning the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs and the things that ate but also the things that bit them like the dragonflies yeah yeah it's one of those things in the novel the novel jurassic park the world is a lot more engineered yeah the man-made like we don't it's possible it's in the movie as well but we don't see any reference to it but just the river the main river jungle river is a man-made river um, that they control with pumps and machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, the big insect, the big dragonfly, like you said, that we see in the novel, and um, even a lot of the plantings, it's sort of what Ellie is alluding to during the dining room scene with the plants are dangerous and will defend themselves. A lot of the plantings around the, the lodge, the safari lodge and that are all very poisonous, and she's trying to make the point there that if a kid sort of grabs something or eats something while they're swimming around the pool, it could be very bad, and they just picked it because it looks good. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things in the film where she's sitting there looking at the leaf saying it's it's from the Cretaceous period, while um, Alan's trying to get her attention to look at the Brachiosaur. It's just, it's one of those things, and it's it's been brought up more nitpicks. Same with the Mosasaur as well. Where do you get DNA for something that doesn't have, well, plants doesn't have blood to start with, but... Um, <laughs> If there's no if there's no insect if an insect can't bite something how do you get the DNA for it but that that conversation goes back and forth a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, also yeah after the uh, after Roland watches the hunters sort of die in the carnage he sort of turns around pained and we um, we don't get Ian and crew run out in the grass here like we're about to in the minute um, they all return to the campsite mm-hmm. where Roland Roland's dug his gun out of the mud and has cleaned it um, Malcolm's found that air rifle with four darts. And uh, they're the only two weapons they got. Roland's got his his gun, and Malcolm's got the air the dart gun. They throw on a set of the shoulder-mounted lights, like we've seen earlier in the film, and uh, set off for the village with only the stuff they need and what they can carry. Um, yeah. And at this point, there's only Ludlow, Doctor Judson, Ian, Sarah, Kelly, and Nick that are survivors. There's no hunters left. Everyone else is dead. And it's interesting too here in the pre-San Diego script, Roland actually kneels down by one of the Trenosaur footprints and sniffs it. Then he grabs his water canteen and empties it out and fills it with a liquid that's in that footprint, which we later find is T-Rex pee. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting that that made it into Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, it did. But they, Jurassic Park 3, they sort of, they, whether someone was working on that that worked on The Lost World 2 and knew that part, because there's a lot of stuff from the first two novels, the first two scripts that um, they've reused or put into that third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one of them, and Roland, um, well, Ludlow sort of scoffs at it and goes and looks at him funny, and uh, Roland just tells him that everything on the island will stay away from it. Which is actually a, it's actually a big detractor from the novel. In the novel, uh, there's the Carnotaurus, and even the T-Rex was afraid of that, and, and the Raptors as well. Uh, the T-Rex, if it was in its territory during the daylight, would just kind of hightail out of it, out of its territory if it could. Yeah, or pass through very quickly. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things with the novel, or it's very territory based. Um, the raptors don't come into the village at night; they only come in from sunrise. Um, the carnotaurs have the sort of have the village at night time, and that's a great, great couple of great scenes in the novel too because of that. But um, Roland then goes over to the campfire that Burke had lit earlier when he was trying to cook his egg he found and uh, grabs a handful of coals and puts it in his pocket as well for something later and then they uh, they leave the camp and it cuts to them climbing down the cliffs mm-hmm. 
which is interesting. They don't, uh, in the preceding day script, they walk through the grass after everyone died. There's no more running and um, climb, find a way to climb down the cliffs. But uh, that's where we are, where we are now. Um, again, as I said, we open with the Ian and crew running out of the palm forest back into the killing fields and I just love again this high up shot and you can see the flattened grass where the hunters ran mm-hmm. moments earlier um, not a lot of time has passed you imagine because as they're sort of walking out there or in a minute you can hear still hunters screaming and the raptors snarling but um, they only run about 30 metres out into the grass before uh, Nick stops and starts yelling hey hey he found something bends over and picks up a backpack which he uh Ian and Sarah run back and join him, mm-hmm. and Ian asks, what is it? And Nick turns in his hands and says, I think it's RJ's bag, which is something completely made up for the movie. It's not in the shooting script, and it's not in the San Diego script. In uh, both of those scripts, they sort of just run out, or well, in the shooting script, they just sort of run out in the field and can hear the screaming. But uh, sort of Ian slowly walks towards the camera. Well, as soon as Nick says, um, RJ's bag, like the music cuts out and you can hear a man scream. And then uh, you get the raptor snails coming in the background as well, which is just eerie. And just mm-hmm. they're off in the distance somewhere dying. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it sort of makes you wonder too if anyone did get away. Um, but I suppose we can bring that up again later on where we see a lot of men tending to that fallen Tyrannosaur. Mm-hmm. But then Ian sort of starts walking slow towards the camera and that those drums pick back up again, which I just love. And um, you can hear more of the raptors screaming. And uh, then all of a sudden, one scream very close, and he sort of freezes. Mm-hmm. And you can almost hear kind of like a snarling, purring sound, like directly yeah. behind them. Yeah. Some of these sounds here they used or reused in the PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the noises exactly here, just that, that screech that they do, um, was reused a lot in that PS1 game. But Ian freezes and holds his breath, and then sort of to the others go as fast as you can go and they are they all start running in the shooting script it's actually they can hear the rustling and uh the animals approaching and as they start as they start to run uh one of the raptors actually comes through the grass behind them and uh it's it's uh, muzzles all bloody from where it's just killed someone which might have been a little bit darker for the film Mm -hmm. might have cut it Oh, it's possible that they did plan that because there are behind-the-scenes shots of the raptors with bloody jaws sticking their heads out of the grass. Yes, there's a couple of... Yeah, we can post a couple of behind-the-scenes photos up of uh, production staff actually sitting there and painting the blood onto their, their mouths and that. Mm-hmm. Because of that, there's a couple, there's a shot of RJ, too, in the grass before he dies. Yeah, he's almost looking kind of forlorn, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, which we like with just production photos. There was nothing actually shot that we know of, unfortunately. <laughs> um, never say never. There are deleted. There yeah. are deleted scenes to come. Yep. Yep. Um, but in both scripts, uh, both the shooting script and the movie, they uh, start running through the grass, um, running as fast as they can. Nick's, uh, Ian sort of looks back, yelling "Go, go!" Uh, making a lot of noise running through that grass, but. They do their best, and um, oh, one thing I noticed here is Sarah's not wearing a backpack. I thought when when we get to what we get to later in the film, I thought she was wearing her lucky pack, 
which no, I just never left. Yeah, never left the hunters' camp or the camp for the night. So mm-hmm. there goes the satellite phone, and there goes the backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what happened? What uh, Nick puts on Ajay's bag when they're running here, and then he takes the clipboard out of it, and um, Sarah takes the bag. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And just sort of help looking at this minute by minute and looking at it a bit closely, uh, discovering that the group sort of run, leave the grass and run back into another sort of little bit of a palm forest mm-hmm. and ferns. And um, they don't go very far. As soon as they get in amongst the ferns, the ground drops away, much like it did for Dita earlier. Mm-hmm. And they start tumbling down a very uh, actor-friendly slide <laughs> through, the, yeah. through the foliage, I'll say. Yeah. It's almost like they put a tarp down and then just shoved some dirt on over the tarp and wet it so that it's like a kind of like a muddy slide, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually slide then. They don't tumble like Dita did earlier. Yeah. Um, Dita just went head over heels tumbling. Yeah, yeah. It's weird too, especially when they get to the bottom, they all slide down. There's a couple of cuts as they're sliding mm-hmm. just to make it look a lot longer than what that actually was. Because this set is one that we haven't seen anything of at all. Yeah. With the cut we get at the bottom, I don't even know if it's part of the studio backlot where the boneyard is. This is something they built, because you can see that there's pieces they've reused from other sets. For example, you can see the um, Paris Rolophus carcass from the T-Rex nest, and then you can see a couple of the stumps from the... um, temporary base camp so this yeah, like, they yeah. threw together this set but then they didn't because there's the apatosaurus bones just their rib cages just arching over the entire set you know mm. yep i suppose it's it's much the same as the uh arrival at isla nubla the um with the helicopter in the star Jurassic park when it's sitting down to that helipad those waterfalls aren't it makes them look three times higher than what they actually are, just the way it's cut. But here they they sort of slide down this uh, this little chute, and then we get a weird cut of uh, Nick back in full full view of the camera and getting to his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it seems they had the stunt people that done that that slide, and here at the bottom you can see a section of the slide in the background, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it ends the minute this minute ends with Nick sort of seeing something and getting to his feet mm-hmm. while while the others are in a heap <laughs> at the bottom of the hill. Now, um, unfortunately, this is one of those sets that we just like have no behind the scenes shots of. We have a couple of production photos from it, but nothing behind the scenes. There's nothing of it. There's no video take behind the behind the scenes video taken of the set here there's no shots of them building it not even any shots of it completed it's like mm. the studio didn't care about this one scene here and it's in in the um novel it's kind of important it's an important point that we'll get to in the next minute yeah for what it is yeah yeah for the area not the actual um not the actual slide down the hill itself but no for the, the, uh, they landed in yeah i before we get heavy the road to this point as well in the uh, in the shooting script they actually um, once they tumble to the bottom of the hill they get to their feet or they climb oh yeah because the shooting script they tumble yeah when they um tumble down the hill they actually get back to their feet and look back up the hill they just come down to make sure the raptors aren't following them mm-hmm, and they haven't 
Yeah, before they turn around and see what they're about to see in the next minute. But uh, Dave, anything else on 85 you want to talk about before we get here for the day? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way.